Hey everyone, this is Drew from the Sideburns and Cigarettes podcast. Just just, uh, giving a little preamble before the show begins to explain as to why this episode took, uh, well, uh, eight months. Things have been kind of hectic for the past few months because, you know, 2020, what with the pandemic and work and my laptop with all the progress I had made on episode 3 editing wise completely falling apart things really kind of stood in the way of the show moving forward however comma we've got a whole new model for the show moving forward we're going to be covering only one episode of Lupin per podcast episode which means I can get these edited quicker, we can get them out sooner maybe. We're thinking one or two episodes a month, probably one. If we can speed it up and get more episodes out, we'll do it. But for right now, we just want to kind of take it slow and steady, make sure we get a quality episode out to you. But uh, for now, we've got raw materials for what was going to be episode three. We covered episodes uh, three, four, and five of part one. So I'm going to try to make these three individual discussions work as independent episodes. It may be a little bumpy, but hey, bear with us. This has been a it's been a bit of a long road getting here, but I'm going to do my best to make sure these things are as best as they can be. So without further ado, here's the show. All right, class, show of hands. How many of you know what a witch is? Good, good. You're certainly doing better than the writers of Lupin the Third Part 1. Join us as we dive into the psychedelic nonsense of Episode 3 on today's Cyburns and Cigarettes. Cyburns and Cigarettes, a Loop on the Third podcast, a, uh, oh boy. Oh! <laughs> it's one of those nights. Keep it! Keep it! <laughs> Alright, a Loop on the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey face, a monkey faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. I promise I've said this before. Onomatopoeia! <laughs> not the first time that I've said it, even though it sounds like it. Anyway... <laughs> I am Drew, and I'm a flower kicker. I am Chris, the death god of Ega. I am Becca, and I am the octopus priest. I'm Jay, or the saucy DJ. And this is our special guest. I'm Natalie, I'm Goimon's girlfriend. Only in my dreams, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so today, obviously, we have a special guest. Natalie, uh, why don't you uh, tell us about who you are and... How you got into the franchise? How did you get the number? Well, I stalked y'all. No. (laughs) Um, Oh, good. So, yes, my name is Natalie. I've been a fan of Lupin the Third since I was 
goodness, 13. Um, and I'm going to be turning 30 in December. So that tells you how long I've been oh, a wow. fan of this franchise. Yes, I got into the franchise thanks to Adult Swim and the Part 2 dubbed episodes, which, you know, as a 13-year-old who was really in love with, like, Carmen Sandiego and Kim Possible um, and James Bond, it's just like, whoa, it's like they had this weird baby and here it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Started with part two, then went on the internet, started writing fan fiction, made friends, um, found every special, found Cagliostro, like anything I could get my hands on with Lupin, I got it. And I was part of that fan fan group that was in that down slump. And then suddenly, you know, in 2011, we got Women Call Fujiko Mine, and then part four, and then part five, and everything just started coming out. And it's like, wow. So I'm so happy to be part of the fandom again. So... Mm-hmm. That's basically my story right there. Nice. And a great story it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, right now is a really great time to be a fan. Yeah. It really is. Like, if you would were to have told me, um, as I started being a fan, like, when I was 13, 14, talking with my friends on fanfiction.net, and... We used, we used to have, like, this little circle between us of one person would make bootlegs of the DVDs and just mail it out to everybody. <laughs> if you were to tell us that there'd be a theme park where you can meet the characters and, you know, <coughs> more dubs coming in and Sorry. all this other wonderful media, like, I would have just been like, yeah, when are we getting that? Because this is a dry spell right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, it really was. Mm-hmm. So that's basically my story. <laughs> nice. And of course, right now it's both a good and a bad time to be a fan because you got a lot of time to stay indoors to watch Lupin. Oh yeah, that's for this sure. Because uh, I'm not sure, who, dear listener, whenever you're listening to this, but right now we're uh, uh, oh. Oh, waiting through people. the apocalypse. Uh. Yep, we're fight. According to the world, the world leaders, we are fighting a war with an invisible enemy, and. If you're listening, whether you're in lockdown, like some of us, or not on lockdown, it's it's crazy out there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Some, some of us are on the front lines. It's kind of terrifying, really. Yeah. It it really is, and especially oh, I'm, uh, in Italy where I'm. Uh, this thing, of course, this is the least of stuff to worry about. But like the Lupin the Third, the first movie got pretty much indefinitely taken off the schedule. Because, Delayed. Because down there, it it's been it's bad. Yeah, yeah it's very bad over there. It's um, terrible. I, and earlier, um, as cases were getting pretty big in Japan, um, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys, pretty sure you guys have talked about about um, school like shut down and everything. Universal, well, universal shutdown. Japan, yeah. I mean, it's open now, but I'm wondering how many people are actually going to have fun right now. Probably yeah. not many. I'm surprised they reopened it so soon. Mm-hmm. We're still fighting this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live here in California. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. But <coughs> to hear the news that Disneyland closed was like a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you're wherever you are, as a fan, if you're listening right now, stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your hands for more than 20 seconds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and bork, bork. <laughs> and yes, bork. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was say off the record, those barks were perfectly timed. <laughs> that was the special cameo from my youngest dog, Jackson. I was going to say, they're almost like commas. They were. <laughs> they really were. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good boy. Uh, uh, but to, uh, <laughs> to brighten your spirits during this kind of downtime, we're going to talk about, well, two of the best episodes of Lupin the Third Part 1, and uh, one, well, we'll get to it. Actually, we'll get to it right now. Uh, again, we're still working through 1971's Part 1, and today we're going to be talking about Episode 3, Farewell, oh My, my Beloved Witch. Which being used very um, loosely. I don't want to say yeah loosely. I I was gonna say liberally. I'm like no, Natalie, that's the wrong L word. <laughs> very, very loosely. This is another episode directed by uh, Masaki. I almost said Masaki Iwasa. Masaki Osumi. <laughs> Way too early on that one. Unless he's a time yeah, traveler, which that'd be impressive. Well, time travels later. Yeah, this very is true later. To series. True. <laughs> time travel in parallel universes later. All right, so this episode starts off with uh, Lupin and Fujiko uh, on a boat, and Fujiko oh. really likes Lupin's Walther as so much as she points it at him. Well, yeah, I was, I was or that's that, a typical like, date night for them. <laughs> I was, was going to say, though, like, I feel like it's more pointed that this is probably, like, the last episode that uses intro. Yes, yes. the, uh, the, the, Lupin, Lupin. <laughs> <laughs> With a zoom the... accompanying each Lupin. <laughs> and I also noticed that, uh, I have my notes here, there's somebody wrote, don't forget about it, about light. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Also, I gotta say, like, Puchka pointing the wall at Lupin and saying, I want to shoot you, like, that's dangerous, but it's kind of cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole Bonnie and Clyde kind of dynamic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, come to think of it, I didn't even that's think true. of that as the dynamic. Well, not necessarily, because um, if you want to go very historical, at not least Bonnie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean,. I guess you could consider Lupin and Fujiko very much ride or die. So, yeah, forget my point. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the Faye Dunaway Warren Beatty, Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, yeah. much so. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde, Joker and Harley. Just keep going. <laughs> Sid Vicious Just... and Nancy Spungman. <laughs> Sands on the killing uh, for fun type thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sands on the drugs, <laughs> Also, speaking of killing for fun... Fujiko just shoots at an oncoming boat for just no reason, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, does she usually open fire on, on boats for no reason? I mean, I don't know. It's just so That's weird. That's the first like... time she does. <laughs> like, also, I do, like, I do like how when Fujiko like, jumps onto the uh, uh, bow of the boat, we get like a little moment of Lupin just like glances up at her and admires her before realizing he's supposed to be focusing on what's in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, well, in front of him in the water. <laughs> right. So, she makes someone crash, Lupin jumps off to see what happened, Fujiko just takes the boat and splits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love how Lupin is like, stop! Bring it back! Anyway, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we meet um, Linda, uh, the all-purple-wearing mysterious lady. The mysterious hippie-looking way. Yeah, I was just about lady. to say, who looks suspiciously like a hippie. Just I, was gonna say, I, I mean, I really like Linda's design, though. You know, hot mm. hippie chick. That's cool. Hot hippie chick. I got a little figurine of her. Oh, right on. Well, she's got a little figurine herself. But <laughs> uh, you can cut that part out. But <laughs> also, that the music in this episode 
like starts and stops suddenly, like almost erratically. Yes, yes. it's really so does. Also, why is she in there? Yes, <laughs> that's not in there. <laughs> because that's the thing. Because this big gunship shows up, gets immediately shot down, and of course, just Jigen's there. I mean, it's like this whole opening scene is like a series of random events with no explanation. <laughs> yeah. He sensed that Fujiko was doing Lupin wrong, and he was like, gotta save the bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Jigen just has, like, this, um, Fujiko's doing bad stuff radar, and every time it happens, it's like, right there. And it's like, I told you, bro, I told you she was bad news, but you don't listen. <laughs> my my uh, misogyny sense is tingling. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I also love how Jigen just like jumps. He's like, without a great partner like Daisuke Jigen, you'd be dead by yes. now. Yes. Yeah. He's very much just like tuning his own horn right there. <laughs> like, yep. Yo, bro, if it wasn't for me, you'd be dead by now. <laughs> which, 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 you know, let's face it, that is pretty in character for him. Oh, yeah. And also, when Lupin goes to introduce Linda, only to find that she's gone, and the way the music suddenly cuts out, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially because I don't feel like it was intentionally. Done for, oh. done for comedic effect, but it, it's timed perfectly. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's Linda. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Linda disappeared, but not her scent, because Lupin can smell it. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's... She it's, is a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> she's oh, yeah. disgusting. She probably smells like nutritional oh. yeast and Birkenstocks. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a reason why she has such a... Strong sand, but I didn't consider that. <laughs> we'll get to that. I just wanted to point out, her name is Linda, and it's just so funny when you think about the future of the franchise, and I mean, I was talking about this with Will, but like, of course, Linda and Maria are just very common Western names, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's Linda the Witch, and then in part two, there's another Linda, and then in part three, there's another Linda, That's it's like, there's so many Lindas in this franchise. The Linda well, continuity. Yeah, it's almost akin well, to Linda well, the Cult. <laughs> well, I mean, also later in part one, there's also Elisa, if I remember correctly. I also remember uh, Letitia, or no, no, that name, the, the dolphin from part three. What was her oh, name? Oh yeah, Letitia. I remember oh, her. Okay, okay, it was Letitia. Okay, and then there's also Letitia in the new movie, the first. Oh yeah. So they Continuity. they really seem. <laughs> yeah, she became they- reincarnated as a uh, human. <laughs> But, it's all about ancestry, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, fair point. But yeah, just, just like a, a, a lot of Western-sounding L names in this in this franchise. This is true. Or uh, I, I mean, the main gonna... character's name is, is an L name too. True that. Well, I wouldn't say like you know for women, but then I realized the first Letitia was a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 so, so L sounding. Let's see, Western-sounding names begin with L for female characters. There we go. <laughs> There's going to be a flashback in uh, Lupin the Third, the first, where Leticia's like, "You met one of my ancestors many years ago." Just flashback <laughs> to just Lupin and the Dolphin. <laughs> just cut well, back to Lupin's dumbfounded face. Well, you know, not on purpose. Hey. I just, I just remember that that episode and the way it ended just cracks me up so much, even to this day. <laughs> oh. And I keep trying not to spoil it because we haven't covered it yet. <laughs> we will get there. In about seven yeah. years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At this rate, more than likely. <laughs> yes. But uh, Lupin and Jigen go to infiltrate a base, and Jigen... <laughs> you pointed this out. Jigen does all this research about Linda just based on her first name. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like I know exactly what she was doing on this island and who she's with and what the space is all about and everything because her name's Linda. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> apparently there's only one Linda in the world apparently so <laughs> well in Wait. Japan at least here comes a cameo here comes our wiener dog Chloe come on Chloe, oh, Chloe. Wiener dog. you might hear jingling jingle 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 oh I was already looking for my other dog and my other dog is just sad in front of my roommate's door like let me in <laughs> Aww. No. I don't think she can get up here <laughs> she's wagging your tail right now Oh. So, Pet uh, the puppy. <laughs> Hello, Chloe. Welcome to the show. So she'll sniff the microphone. Oh, she won't do it. <laughs> jingle, anyway, jingle, jingle. Now that we have our um, uh, our fifth member. <laughs> uh, all right. Now let's see. Um, Bajigan, based on Linda's first name, find out finds out she's involved with the doctor who works in nuclear fission on an island, which is the base for the Killer in Killers. What an odd name. Yeah, very interesting name. Killers. It really is. They're also known as the Killers of the Sea, which makes more sense than Killer and Killers. It sounds yeah. Good. And and it makes sense in terms of their motif because mm-hmm. um they're they're all in like sailor outfits looking yeah. like one the leader looks like Captain Haddock from freaking Tintin. <laughs> <laughs> he also he also looks a lot like Jigen. Yes, that's what I was yes. gonna say. That there's a similarity. In I mean, all of my notes before his name is revealed, I just wrote bad Jigen. Bad Jigen. <laughs> for for years, I thought okay, either they just draw the one person, or they just wanted to see Jigen on the other side of the <laughs> of the story. <laughs> but anime you know, really wanted to see Jigen in a navy suit. <laughs> That's their secret kink. Oh, no. <laughs> that or they just, like I said, um, it's so weird. Watch the episodes of Tintin and then watch Lupin side by side and you never get that image of Lupin and Haddock <laughs> looking so much alike. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now I can't unsee it. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, though, I, I do like the uh, the funky music playing as Lupin and Jigen swim and climb up the cliff. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then again, it suddenly cuts off. Yep. Also, I love that moment with Lupin and Jigen being caught by the searchlights and splitting up, rolling and shooting yes. the lights out and rolling away from the assault rifle fire. Yeah, Brilliant. showing how badass they are. Mm-hmm. I wrote. I wrote in my in my notes they're being fired at by Jigen in a pirate suit, <laughs> <laughs> which of course he decides. Let's just not kill him today. We could chase him. We could shoot him, but no. We, but but unfortunately, our schedule. Our schedule for the rest of the day is just it's just packed. We can't pencil them in for the day. Of course. They swim away, they get to shore, and they uh, they build a fire, they, then start sniffing. Yeah, they start sniffing, and they're just like, <laughs> it's the scent. The scent of a woman. And I'm just like, well, that could be many scents, dear. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote my notes. I wrote, Lupin smells a woman, but it's a flower bed. No, wait. It is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Linda seems to have lost her outline when we see her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that always got me. I, I understand errors with animation, but that just cracked me up. <laughs> right. I mean, like, honestly, like with stuff like that, and it's not the last time this happens in this episode either. Mm-hmm. And sure. this whole thing with the music, it kind of feel like the episode may have been rushed. It kind of feels like it. Yeah, because the story isn't like... all there either. No, no sure. yeah. Of course, uh, Lupin sees Linda and his face lights up. He just screams, Linda, and runs into the field. It's been 84 years. Where have you been? Oh, 
I would say I, I was like a Lupin's goofy face when he's talking to her. Yep. Oh yeah. It's it's, it's like it, you know it's like it's animated really well. <laughs> like not like not not for the episode before the series as a whole. It's a, you know really great you know mm-hmm. character animation on on his on his goofy love struck face. It was that was great. <laughs> well, of course he gets a little snapped out of his love struck mood when he hears Jigen kick a big patch of flowers just out of the dirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I was like Lupin's. Got it uh, out for those flowers. <laughs> I was like Lupin's. Uh, what the hell reaction when Linda asked him to play tag? Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like tag? Uh, this is not normally what I do with women, but okay. <laughs> and, then, right. it, it, and then he just shrugs, runs away. Linda Chan, and I, 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 I love that Jigen repeats it. <laughs> and, and His complete and, disbelief. Yeah, I mean, he matches the tone and everything. Like. What? What's this? Linda Chan? Did he just say Linda Chan? I can't believe this. Yeah, I know. It's great. This episode has Salty Jigen, and I'm always here for Salty Jigen. Oh, yes. oh me the it's hell, the too. Jigen. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not all bad. Yes, I just so. call him Jigen because he's basically salty. Like This is true. 80, he's, yeah, 80% of the franchise. He's a block of salt with a beard. Especially ah, but... when it comes to Lupin and women. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, he's not as salty as the leader of Killer and Killers, though. That's a salty Jigen. Yeah. That is very much a salty Jigen. Yeah, because the C and everything. Never mind. <laughs> so, in my notes here, I mentioned that uh, this part of the episode is based on uh, a chapter of the manga. It's uh, chapter 24 of the original series called, in Japanese, The Lowest Villain, and Flower for Fujiko's in the English version by Tokyo Pop. There's a few differences, though, that instead of being an explosive, as the scientist explains to them, the flower is a deadly poison. Says one stalk could kill half of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Oh. Linda, does, Linda does not exist in the manga, and her role is mostly taken by Fujiko, who was trying to steal the flowers and get revenge on the bad guy group for killing her brother, who was a scientist studying the, the plant. Okay. All right. Fujiko yeah. with a brother. Uh, yeah. Fujiko with a brother, a father who was killed by Lupin. Like, I'm pretty sure Chris has mentioned as like the resident manga, Lupin manga scholar, that continuity in this is just what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and also the franchise was, as a whole. Well, I mean, the original manga in particular, though, that there's multiple Fujikos. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Monkey Punch just got tired of coming up with a new name for the girl of the week, so he just called them all Fujiko Mine. <laughs> right. I can only it's assume like, that uh, Fujiko's brother's name is Fujibro. Oh my god. <laughs> well, well if, it, if it wasn't, it is now. Who's your bro mean? I like it. <laughs> also, also, the scientist mentions that he turns Linda into a witch. What does that mean? Yeah, Dr. Uh, yeah. Dr. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Chicken Man, yes. Yeah. Like, yes. But, you know, Linda does not show any magical abilities of any kind. And his dramatic look of shock about this revelation. Makes it even weirder, right? Yeah. Not a witch, anything but that. What is what is a witch in this in this context? <laughs> I thought I knew what a witch was. Well, we had some idea. Because we were talking about that, and I was like, I was asking if that was like an accurate English translation. But Drew was like, well, maybe it's not necessarily. It's a bad like translation, but it's like witch in Japanese culture may just be different. But at the same time, we don't really know. I don't know. I'm just right. I, I, well, I, I, mm. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, the bootleg that I originally watched part one on, which I also feel like mentioning that I do own the official discotheque set, and it's so much better. But, <laughs> you know, I swear I support the series financially. But, uh, but yeah, in my bootlegs, the, episode, the title of this episode was translated as 
farewell, my beloved magical woman. So that seems to be a witch. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, close enough. I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about the different connotations in different cultures as to the word witch. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially mm-hmm. in terms of different franchises. I mean, I'm already thinking Dragon Ball Z and um, Sailor Moon right here. Not going to get into detail, but um, maybe in terms of the translation, it's just a general word for a magical person. And even then, as I said, it's v- used very loosely because... There's nothing really magical about Linda. Exactly. Like, what is what is so magical about her besides her looking like some of my neighbors out in San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like, if anything, she's a mutant, right? You right. know. Or she's been experimented on. Right. You know, she's been you know, mutated, and she also like has a chemical dependency on these flowers. The third time. Yeah. And it's like, if these flowers go away, she dies. And it's like, well, sorry, honey, but fume. <laughs> yeah. Also, in the manga, Lupin is the one that ends up shooting down Fujiko's plane in an attempt to stop her from escaping with the uh, flower, which is called the Cobra Poppy. I just remember that. Huh. Like, like, I, I, it's a really emotional moment, too, because Lupin's clearly hesitant to do so. You know, He has tears streaming out his face when he fires a bazooka. But luckily, Fujiko manages to escape before she shoots it down and appears behind Lupin and Jigen, who are observing the crash site. And that's not quite what happens in the episode. No, yeah, but this episode takes some turns. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm, I'm just going to call him Dr. Dr. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> making the, the flowers, which he has turned into an exploding acid, pretty much. Right. And he even tested Linda, and in doing so made her become a, a witch. A magical woman. Yes. Yeah. Maybe no. maybe it's LSD. Maybe, maybe that's the kind of magic it is. Uh, it's just so potent that if you drop it on the floor, it <laughs> I mean, like, like it would explain the whole hippie thing with Linda, right? Right. It, it really yeah. Would. And of course, Indeed. Uh, Lupin has a trippy flashback to, I don't know, five minutes ago. Trippy. <laughs> <laughs> Dripping. That's whatever. <laughs> to, 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 because like, it has that weird, like, trippy kind of, like, like the filter and the echo to it trippy <laughs> very very early 70s just that whole oh my goodness am i on acid or is this a tv show yep. right. the Lupin answer, says, yes. i lupine take pride in protecting women to which i like just chortled at <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's i mean you could argue it it's a little like a, a little bit of a foreshadowing to future Lupin in terms of after he gets a little bit diluted, yep. thanks to me, thanks to Miyazaki, because part one Lupin is still very much a shout out to the manga yes. in terms of his lecherous nature, and I will say that this episode does show him for a very brief moment into the Lupin that I fell in love with when I was watching Cagliostro. Mm-hmm. So. He's channeling his grandfather there. Yes, yep. <laughs> the the gentleman thief. Twitch him. Uh, Linda reveals that my body needs these flowers to live. To which that's gonna play into a, uh, that's gonna play into the ending. So now I'm starting to really think that this entire episode was just one or one one director's uh, acid trip. It, uh, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. It was the seventies. <laughs> exactly my point. But I'm uh, uh, often a. Uh, completely different location somewhere. Fujiko meets up with Linda and uh, Bad Jigen and or Stern. 
is watching with binoculars and immediately assumes what is happening, just down to the precise detail. Yeah, like, how the hell is she able to pick that up just from using binoculars? I mean, Jigen Jigen is world detective to find a woman named Linda without a last name and know everything precisely about her. And then we have (laughs) Fuchiko, who knows the whole plot by just looking through freaking binoculars. Oh, okay, look, there's a very simple explanation. She clearly <laughs> stole some pages of the script and the potholes. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they couldn't follow the script because Fujiko stole it. That's it. That, that, that's it. There's the explanation. <laughs> that's well, it. Everybody, case everybody closed. We got it. Go home. <laughs> yeah. But then so, uh, a plane takes off, which gets shot down by Bad Jigen, and Lupin and Jigen follow it. Um, uh, turns out Fujiko's inside, and she just miraculously survives. Centrally, like, posing like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, oh, hey, I, I made you. it. <laughs> I, you know, cartoon physics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about cartoon physics? I think the Always. biggest thing that's, <laughs> Well, I think the biggest thing that surprised me, I mean, I shouldn't, it's a cartoon, and Lupin and the gang have survived worse, but the fact that in the beginning of this episode, Fujiko just gets on top of the boat, like in the most graceful and manner, no no need to figure out her balance is just ready to shoe another boat and I'm just like, damn girl <laughs> This woman has shot boats before. No, I know she shot boats before, but I didn't realize she was that graceful on a speedboat. Uh, just... <laughs> I was gonna say she clearly does it more often than we're aware of. <laughs> Maybe it's a hobby. It's a typical day for her. She does it every Tuesday. <laughs> for Lupin, it was a, a surprise. For me, it was just Tuesday. <laughs> of course. Okay, so they go and they. So Fuji goes there. She meets up with the leader of the gang, who's named either after his sternly manner or the stern of a boat, whichever you want to take. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, you know, this this guy is stern. He makes some kick-ass pinball tables. Indeed. Indeed. That, that joke was a lot funnier in my notes. <laughs> so, I was going to say, like, have we already gone past the scene of Lupin and Fujiko lying in the grass? Oh, uh, no, not yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. That's where we are right now. I guess yes. so. <laughs> okay, it's weird. So, it's, it's a very romantic moment, as it seems like, for Lupin and Fujiko, which... It's surprising, because it's like, whoa, there's romance between them. There's romance between them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like, they were supposedly, maybe, not quite clear, but they seem to be on a date after, after, in, in the first scene. Mm-hmm. This scene is also taken from the manga, from a different chapter. Oh. It's uh, taken from uh, chapter 33, which is called Spectacular Feet in Japanese and Lupin of Arabia in English. Oh, nice. And, uh, of course... Lupin and Fujiko's reason for lying together in the grass and Lupin having his hand up her skirt is a bit different. Or so it seems. Turns out Lupin actually was reaching for her gun. He just had to take everything else off of her first. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, of course, you know, uh, he pulls out the gun, fire, you know, fires at the uh, you know killers surrounding him. And there's a funny moment where one guy is still standing up being shot, which, which you do see a little bit of that in, in the episode, but the manga takes it further because Lupin shoots him again, the guy's still standing, and then he just like unloads the rest of the gun with him, the guy finally falls over. Wow. And then in the, mo- and then in the manga, he's like, alright, so where were we? <laughs> and, and the woman's like, I'm not taking my clothes off again. <laughs> uh, not to get too convoluted, but did we even, dis- I'm sorry, because I'm going through my own notes, and did we even talk about, like, 
at least the plot device that is this flower. Oh no, we oh, haven't yet. Whoa. We haven't even talked about the uh, the third sunflowers. Yes, and because you know, I was like, wait a minute. I feel like we're a little too far ahead. What about? I mean, I I know this episode makes no goddamn sense whatsoever, but there is somewhat of a plot involving this scent that Lupin keeps saying is the scent of a woman. Mm-hmm. It's actually this very rare and special flower. And then here comes out of nowhere this professor who basically gives us a spiel over the rarity of this flower and its special purposes. Chris, I know you did mention that they did talk about this flower in the manga and right. how dangerous it is. But the professor does show like, oh, so this flower, if I mix it up with something, it could create a, I guess like an atom bomb of some sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be, I could be getting ahead of myself here. No, I would, I would, like he demonstrates it with Lupin and Jigen that, you know, just like one tiny drop causes a fairly large explosion and a decently sized hole in the floor. Yep. Yeah. So just imagine what one stalk of the third son could do. And then this whole this whole thing that the the killer and killers as oh my god that's gonna be so fun to say um, the killers of the <laughs> uh, sea yeah the killers in the sea are you know they're they're trying to harvest it and anyone who's seen trying to make off with it gets off themselves and they which, already which, had that um, prototype of the the warhead that sank and wasn't it the doctor that did it or. Well, I don't know. I think it just mysteriously stank, sank, right? But the doctor knew that it was going on. Yeah. it's. A, I'm sorry, but it's just one, another one of those classic, like, um, story tropes of, like, doctor sees doctors doing something wrong, doesn't realize it's wrong until it's too late, yep. needs the help from the protagonist. Um, because, yeah, because that detail gets revealed because, again, Lupin Fujigo get attacked by the... Uh, by Stern's men, Lupin runs and falls into a pit and is caught by Stern. Oops, sorry, my phone's going off. Carry on. But also, I've noticed one thing: when the uh, the killer and killers attack the uh, the lab, Jigen just destroys some dudes in a doorway. And this episode mm-hmm. is weirdly bloody. In it's moments. very bloody. That 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 always like catches me off guard when I revisit this one. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, so with the pilot film and then the first two episodes of part one, we shouldn't be any strangers to the extent of the violence mm-hmm. that the Lupin gang right. goes to. It does get sort of diluted over the years, yep. and it's just all in all in cheek fun. But part one, especially in this episode, is just like Jigen showing how good of a shot he is and how good of a killer he is, um, and. It's very weird when I first watched this as a kid, you know, um, so used to part two and the specials, and I watch part one, and I'm just like, oh my god, what, did, what am I watching? This is <laughs> this is very bloody. <laughs> and of course, you know, I mean, like, it really didn't bother me too much, because, you know, I'd, I'd already started reading the manga at that point. Uh-huh. So, it was actually a bit, a little less violent than the manga was. Although, hey, nobody gets caught on, at least nobody catches on fire in this episode. <laughs> Not in this, this episode. episode. Yeah, for, yeah, true. like... Part one, I want to know, is, like, Beavis from Beavis and Butthead the ghost writer for part one? Because there's so many episodes involving fire, and, and luckily this one isn't one of them. But well, when we do get to talk is. about oh, the yeah. ending, is. Yeah. I was about oh, yeah. to say. <laughs> Never mind. Part, part four, episode four and five is just like, yeah. I feel, I'm, I'm, my inner cornholio is just like, fire, fire, Yeah. <laughs> 
We need to check up on like the status of whoever wrote these episodes and make sure they like didn't become an arsonist. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> well, I was I was gonna say to be fair, a lot of these early episodes are based on manga chapters. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we already know who's responsible for some of the pyromania here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Monkey punch. Yeah, Monkey Punch and his ever, you know, ever-wandering creative mind. May he rest in peace. So, uh, <laughs> Seeing as how, oh my goodness, um, it's already like late March and the anniversary, the year anniversary of his death is coming up. And no, Man, that's getting home. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, moving on though. Uh, Something really interesting that also was mentioned, It was I know for a fact it was in episode one, it might have been in two. Uh, Stern wants the killer and killers to partner with the Lupin Syndicate, as he refers oh, yeah. to. Which is also, such a weird aspect of the the first few episodes that this is referenced. <laughs> well, you know, that was carried over from the manga though, where it yep. was it was implied early on that there's actually a massive Lupin Empire. Yeah. Although, yeah. although Monkey Punch did you know, he did downplay that more as it went on. But mm-hmm. also I love the fact that inside the cell, Lupin is sitting down next to the chair uh, <laughs> like, oh just, yeah he's just like sitting on the floor right next to the chair that's there right he's too good for that chair <laughs> yeah fair enough and then uh stern also mentions uh lupin's motto oh yes the motto <laughs> oh, yeah, that rolls the... off the tongue so smoothly yeah i i didn't realize we were charting game of thrones territory and the lupin family has <laughs> words <laughs> well here's the funny thing though is that lupin usually does the opposite of what his motto implies. Yep. Yeah. Right. Very much so. Very much so. You know, he usually sneaks in quietly and then leaves in a big spectacle. Yep. <laughs> okay, so now for the highlight of the episode, right? Yes, of course. Um, uh, Stern, the, what was it? Stern uh, wants to partner with the Lupin Syndicate, and he also wants Lupin to find a missing submarine with a third son prototype warhead, to which Lupin responds with two points. One, he likes that cute girl, Linda. Two, he doesn't like Stern. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> That's when Stern starts maniacally laughing and Lupin coffees him. They have an intense laugh. Oh, off. God, yes. This the evil. A glimpse of goofy Lupin. <sighs> the evil His laugh. mocking laughter. And then, of course, Lupin manages to completely off-screen, suddenly switch places with Stern and escape, mm-hmm. which is a really cool character moment for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. You know, like, you know, evil after competition, then he escapes. Honestly, highlight the whole episode for me. It's yeah. a little, you know, like, the little moments are great. I, I love the, like, the, the way that part plays out, because you go straight from the laughing competition to Stern leaving the room, and you hear nice guy Lupin playing. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's him. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, and then with Lupin being startled by the alarm and running from the bullets, that's some other, that's some more, you know, nice animation, I thought. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jigen saves his butt again. Of course. As usual. As always, I mean. It's his lot in life. It's like, Jigen, you were made to protect Lupin. <laughs> 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 uh, that's what you think about it. He kind of was. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's basically the murder to J- to um, Lupin's Jamie Atlanta reference, but it's basically all he is. <laughs> you c- we could joke about the gay undertones or the the bro 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 moments, but ninety percent of the time, it's very much Jigen saving Lupin's ass. <laughs> yep, <laughs> keeping him alive. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Stern starts, uh, you know, 
gently picking the flowers with the bulldozer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one by one. And then uh, a plane just mysteriously appears, you know, spritzes, uh, you know, just gasoline on the flower bed and stern. Just casual, casual raining gasoline. And then that's that uh that uh that standard part one arson just you know comes into play again. <laughs> Lupin lights like, the entire field on fire. And like I know it's supposed to be a serious moment, but Lupin the you know, Lupin G again and Colonel Sanders just happening to completely forget <laughs> about Linda. Yeah, oh my god. But 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 Lupin's complete like to like one eighty there too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He goes from like like oh I'm gonna burn down this 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 field of flowers to so nobody could steal them to oh Linda we have to save her and and then and then well well we yeah this episode also gets dark fast oh yeah <laughs> yeah but also before that I just I know it's not supposed to be funny but the way the editing like plays out with them sitting on fire you see like the dudes running away Stern's freaking yeah. out just cuts to Linda like. Shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know it's supposed to be serious, moment, but I can't help but laugh. Yeah. Maybe that's why Lupin's mood shifted so quickly. It's like he literally, he you know, legitimately forgot that Linda was there, and he's trying to cover up the fact he forgot. Right. That's why. That's why he becomes so intent on saving her after that. Like, I actually kind of like. Yeah. I kind of theorized that he got caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. But he was actually truly in love with this girl that he basically met, like, a day ago. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know if love is the word. Maybe limerence or infatuated. Well, but <laughs> maybe, but in 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 Lupin's case, uh, well, he is the kind of man that is in love with all the women of the world, as he says. That is true. That Lupin is true. Lupin falls true. very hard in, like, five minutes. He yeah. does. Yeah. He and I... He and I have that in common. <laughs> but it's just so funny how, like, in one second, he has the freaking blowtorch and is like, yeah, yeah, burn, burn. And then suddenly, oh, Linda, no, not Linda. And Linda's just, like, looking at him. Like, like her whole life is just basically over. And then suddenly he has that moment of clarity, like, what the hell did I do? That's <laughs> basically what I was trying to touch on. Yeah. Because uh, Lupin here, he uh, earlier in the episode when when the doctor's kind of explaining everything, and he was like, "Oh, she's right. Mm-hmm. She wasn't kidding about this," you know. Mm-hmm. He suddenly has that like, "Oh, I have to protect her" type of like feeling, and I think he temporarily forgot that for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that are just bad writing. <laughs> no, I mean well, I totally. I mean that. That's what I meant. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, the writers totally forgot about the implied, well, the romance aspect of the episode. Right. Yeah. But we're forgetting the best part of this entire sequence. Oh, you mean you mean the most oh, yeah. the most like sensical sound moment in the entire episode when Doctor Colonel Sanders shoots Linda and she evaporates yeah. into blobs also, and glitter. Ah. Also, oh yeah. Also, it's just me or is Doctor Sanders a crack shot? I mean, that's yes. he has to be a pretty damn good shot. He might yeah. get Jigen to run for his money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the shot we're not seeing. Jigen's <laughs> just sweating. I guess that's why he had to die because there could only be one gunman, professional gunman <laughs> right. on the show. Or, 
or how about this? It could be like a man who shot Liberty Valance kind of thing. It's like, you know, Dr. Chicken thought he had fired the pedal shot, but it was really just Jigen. And, <laughs> you know, he did it secretly. <laughs> Stern shot at the plane, but Jigen actually just, like, quickly turned and shot him. Right. <laughs> it's like, there can only be one bearded gunman. <laughs> also, but, yeah, but, you know, uh, Luke's psychedelic disappearance, though, it's that's the closest thing to anything witch-like we see her do. Yeah, yes. exactly. I mean, if the effects of being experimented on the, by that flower allows your corpse to disintegrate into a blob and glitter, where can I get some? Because that's more beautiful than ashes. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's see, Dr. Colonel... I wrote in my notes just Dr. Colonel Dr. Sanders. Dr. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> hey, he's finger-linking good. <laughs> oh, 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 boy. <laughs> Yikes. That's a big yikes from me. You know, you know, as a Kentuckian. <laughs> no comment. Well, as a Cal- as a Californian, we love your chicken. All right, fair, fair enough. Although Colonel Sanders, nephew Lee, had better chicken. Sorry. Sorry, but uh, I go to a place called Cane's, and they got better chicken than KFC. Okay, Cane's is great. But anyway. <laughs> So but, suddenly Stern comes out of nowhere. Well, not yeah. nowhere, but you know, he comes up and kills Dr. Colonel Sanders. Right. Emma, with his dying breath, he gives Lupin the location of the submarine with the, the third sun warhead. Mm-hmm. Right. Emma, Lupin so, travels to the submarine and Fujiko... Well, hey, Emma, Stern was just waiting for him. Of course. Well, now, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but okay. uh, this, whole bit, this whole bit from the submarine... Is also from the manga. Ah, it's from oh, a part- the explosive um, submarine. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a you know part two of the Lupin of Arabia story. Yes, is uh, chapter thirty four, the theming game, and it, this is from the end of that story. But like, there's a few differences. For one thing, you know, obviously Stern's not there because it didn't exist in the in the manga. Um, and like you know, Lupin and Fujiko realize that you have to take off. They both have to strip naked. Hopefully, be light enough. It doesn't work. Fujiko leaves just like she does in the anime, and it really I, it kind of plays out the same, just with less nudity. That makes sense. Yeah. Let's see. Him, uh, Fujiko knocks out Stern. Lupin wants to fly the missile out with her. <laughs> she rejects, and Lupin cries. Which I like, think is the marks the first time in uh, the anime that he cries. Yeah. Is, you're right. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, he gets in. He you know lightens the load. Yeah, it talks about off. how. They can't, both of them can't really fit. Mm-hmm. And he takes off. Fujiko's just like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm here. Yeah. I changed my, I think her, I think her exact line is, I changed my mind. Yes. Yeah. I love Lupin's reaction of just <laughs> screaming. We, we could get as far as Japan in this thing. I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, you know, pretty much the same thing happened you know, with the manga as well. But like I said, with, with more nudity. Yep. <laughs> always with that's just the manga right there. Always with more nudity and always with more violence. <laughs> Damn Skippy. After this we get kind of a weird scene. Yes. Yes. A weird you. ending scene. Because of Especially, uh, especially okay. with Jigen. Like Jigen wasn't there and he's all scuffed up. Yeah, like, that's how? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, where did he come from? Because what <laughs> happens is like um uh, it crashes and then Jigen shows up just to provide us, you know, with his, you know, End of episode misogynist lesson. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't trust women. That's why, that's why I keep telling you to be careful of women. And Lupin just immediately is like, don't you know. so much. 
Yeah, I love that part. And Fujiko <laughs> laying on the raft uh, in her bikini. Just sunbathing like she... That's such a common thing for her. With an SOS uh, rigged up little uh, floaties. I didn't mind that. It's just, Me neither. Why, why was she in there? Well, yeah, like, no, like, no, like, no, he was no, out no, on the no, missile. <laughs> but, but like, you know, you look at the way he and Lupin are dressed, you know, the clothes are damaged, have, full of holes, and why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lupin, I can understand, but Jigen, yeah. where were you this whole damn time? I'm just going to go ahead and assume that, like, Jigen was on, like, a little fishing boat, and they just landed, like, directly on him. Uh. <laughs> we just didn't see it. <laughs> you know, I like that ending better. <laughs> but also, this episode did not include Zenigata. Like, oh, wow. Ah. Oh, yeah, it's his first time. No, it's not. No, he was not in the last episode either. Yeah, it's just like we don't we don't really get a glimpse of him until the next one, which yeah. is which is probably his finest hour. Yeah, and probably my favorite all time favorite part one episode is the next one. Yes, but definitely top. You do kind of get a glimpse of him because the episode ends. They're on the rafts. It fades to black. Well, first we just get an image of Lupin just butt naked. Oh yes. <laughs> um, I was so confused. Let me... Let me just say, I was watching that, and my roommates walked in, and they were just like, um, <laughs> okay, uh, you do you, boo-boo, and they just <laughs> go back to their room. But I, but that's what I miss about, um, I mean, they do this with part two, obviously, in terms of Lupin describing what's going to happen in the next episode, but in part one, it's very more breaking the fourth wall, tongue-in-cheek. Yep. Yes. <laughs> because it's basically just Lupin naked and looking at you all shy and bashful like so this is what's going to happen in the next episode and if you're wondering why i'm naked there's a perfectly logical explanation so actually i gotta bring up something about the preview for the next episode there's a scene in it that is not actually in the episode that we we actually i noticed that mm-hmm. and it's a pretty graphic scene in fact which probably explains why i could have the episode proper probably let's see which one which moment was it that was cut out it was the, the guillotine. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because in the next episode, it has multiple moments in, like, a flash, but it doesn't have the guillotine moment. It's, it right. probably would have been that moment when, like, Lupin's having that vision of being sentenced. Yes. Well, I, think, I, think, I think it was Zenigata having the vision. Oh, yeah, it is him. It is him. Yeah. Yes. Zenigata and his multiple ways of how to kill Lupin. Right. <laughs> so, so, so what does everybody think of uh, Beware or? So not not be aware of not even more appropriate. Farewell, my my, uh, my beloved whatever you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, my beloved magical lady. It has some good parts, but not. It, it's kind of all over the place, you it, know. It yeah. is. It's really hard to follow, and there's scenes where that just don't add up to the rest of what's going on. It's almost like they had too much content and not enough time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. It, it, it reminds me like a lot of episode one where it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Quality. <clears throat> Although I would put episode one a little higher than this one because yeah. the story was a little bit yeah. more coherent. Yeah, yeah, episode one had a story and it had a flow and continuity, whereas this right. is just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. This tried to be. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was trying to be weird because. We all know that Lupin can get really weird, but oh, yeah. it just did it in the in the weirdest way that it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> the weirdest way, you say? 
to be weird. <laughs> it's like, yes. I like weird Lupin. <laughs> Not that weird. <laughs> you know, good weird, bad weird. It's, it's, it's a fine line. There were some really good scenes. My Probably my favorite has to be the scene where um, uh, Stern and uh, Lupin have their laugh off. Yep, right. Uh, and uh, uh, the ending scene with Fujiko and Lupin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two scenes were probably my highlights. That's about all I got for it, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, the scene with um, Lupin and Jigen running from the... Oh yeah, infiltrating the base. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's beautifully that animated too. too. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, a, a few good moments, but they don't really add up to much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think for me, what I really enjoy about this um, episode is just um, as much as she didn't play that big of an integral part, I gotta say, as a big nerd, big historical nerd, um, was really into the seventies. I love Linda's style. Oh, I'm just gonna. Too. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna throw yeah. it out there. I have a figure of her. I love that. I love that girl. You know, that's the thing. Like she's very much. Um, there's a lot of merchandise surrounded of her, and this. I think huh. they're still making some towards today, but it's like her, Paykel, and um, oh my goodness, um, I can't remember who else's name is on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. But they make merchandise off of off of those characters. It's like, oh, these are the memorable part one villains or side characters that we like to push on people or that we remember. Right. Well, I mean, I will say, at least in the case of Pykel, you know, he's probably the most popular villain from part one. Oh, yeah. And from, yes, definitely. And they brought him back in that ter- god-awful OVA, but... Uh, speaking of good, <laughs> yeah. weird, bad, weird, you got your mamas, then you got your return of Pykel's. Yes, yes. Right. that's true. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, in addition to that... uh you know, Pycal also showed up in uh, the 50th anniversary OVA. Oh, Which he yes. has done much better in that. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He also showed up in uh, one of the uh, eye catches for Part 4. Yes. Mm-hmm. As, uh, one, as one of Lupin's disguises, the other one being uh, Kioske Mamo. And there was also concept art for an episode of Part 2 where he returned. Oh, wow. And uh, Yeah, there was, and they and never got into fruition. Um, right. I, cool. Oh, that would have been great as terms yeah. of, like, the continuous um, gallery of Lupin rogues, you know, right. it's always like, if it's not Mamo, it's Pike Hall. But no, they decided to bring back Mr. Mr. X and Scorpion instead. Yeah, that too. They came <laughs> just... back three times in part, th- in part two, actually. Yes. Yeah. And just like, just like, why him? Why not Pike Hall? You know? Yeah. <laughs> why the capitalists and not the magician? <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I'm like, Pike Hall was even mentioned in a, another chapter of the manga besides the one he appeared in, but I'll get, get like, that chapter's loosely adapted to a part one episode, and I'll discuss that then. Mm-hmm. I think Fair the enough. reason why Linda is such a popular character now is because she's, like, the first girl of the week kind of situations in Lupin. So, yes. like, she's the one who started this entire thing of Lupin falling in love with a girl, and just falling into whatever troubles they're going through, and he has to save her, and that's the whole episode. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's an it's an, a very important part to have. Yeah, that's, that's a valid really point. Well, I mean, yeah. she, was first one, she was first on the anime, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, In the manga, it was always Fujiko. Right. <clears throat> yes, and picking back off of what Becca said, it's just, it's very much, as I said earlier, it's a good foreshadowing of a different kind of Lupin, mm-hmm. because 
the manga and most of part one is very much um, Lupin as a lech, not necessarily a gentleman. And then, you know, you go to part two, he's still a little bit lecherous, but he's got a little bit, a little bit more respect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you get your Cagliostro where Miyazaki just does a complete 180 and he's just like, you know, he's suave and debonair and fully fully copying or going off of his grandfather and very much, you know, respectful and sweet. And like I well, said, that was Lupin I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. I joke that well, I joke know, that if I could be with anybody, it'd be Lupin because, like, take me away to far-off lands and steal treasure, honey. I'm yours. <laughs> well, I mean, and also in Cagliostro, there's an actual in-story reason he acted like that. Well, true. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that when we do a Cagliostro episode. <laughs> It's going to be a big episode. Oh, that will be a wonderful episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you can find um, uh, our podcast at Lupin Pod on Twitter and on SoundCloud at Lupin Pod. Um, You can find me at DrewHunter15 on Twitter. Um, Becca, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me at IntrovertedBecca on Instagram. That's about it. <laughs> Let me out back there. <laughs> Keep that in, too. Keep that in, too. <laughs> I am. <laughs> oh, with, with special guests, Harry Snuggles and Sweetie. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, where can we find you at? Oh, I'm right here. No, um, <laughs> you, can, uh, say you can find me on uh, on Twitter at at Dr. Furbo, and uh, I have a uh, webcomic at a weirdinacan.the-comic.org. And it's, it's on a very a, good comic. Yeah. It is oh, a very you. good comic, and it's actually on Webtoons now, isn't it? The first two chapters, yes. Still got, still got to catch up on that. Mm-hmm. Got to catch up on my own comic. All right, so Jay, where can we find you at? You can find me at on Twitter at Lupon L O O P A W N or uh, Lupon dot Sansei at uh, uh, on Instagram. Nice, and we have a very special thank you to our guest Natalie. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at at Capley Helsing C A P L I H E double L S I N G. M O U S E on on the, on the Twitter and on the Instagram at Captain Lee Helsing C A P T A I N L I H E W L S I N G. Nice. And with that, we'll call it an episode of Cybirds and Cigarettes. Congratulations, guys, on beating that uh one one episode per decade streak we were on. Yeah. <laughs> Toodles. Bye. Bye. Bye.